What did the ghost say to the vampire as the ball dropped and clock struck midnight? I don't know. I don't know. What? Happy New Fear. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to another episode of the Halloween is Forever podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. And I'm also Adam. Welcome to the third part of Death December. That's the Halloween is Forever podcast uh, kind of holiday programming. And if you've listened to the last two parts, then you know that my co-hosts, Brian and Meg, have had their special guest hosts on to talk about this anthology of Christmas horror. Well, I've gone big and I've brought in my own co-host from the Hop Nation USA podcast. Adam, say hello. That's right. Again. Hello, Steve. Thank you for bringing in the heavies for this very special episode. That's Bringing right. in the buffaloes. I appreciate that. And I've also reached out and grabbed an entire whole other podcast and brought them in. And I have from Decaying with the Boys, Adam Bashline and Matt. What is up? Hey guys, what's up? Hello. 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 Welcome, everybody, to 2022, the future. <laughs> future sucks. Future it feels as shitty as last year. <laughs> <laughs> the future is balls, but <laughs> you know, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about horror movies and we're going to talk about beers. And if you guys have a snack, you can talk about a snack you have. I don't know what you've got going on because we're on the zoom doing the zoom shows, but I know we all have beers and I'll let whoever wants to go first with a beer, introduce their beer. So my beer for the evening, since I'm on Halloween is Forever tonight, I have the Shat-Faced Pumpkin Roll Ale from Bash Brew. It's, uh, I still have a keg of it left in my fridge, and I got to get rid of it. So I'm nice. drinking that down. And, and just for the, the people at home who may not uh, know, as you are new to this show, uh, you are a home brewer, and that's your own beer that you brew. And It is. Very self-serving of me. Yeah. And in chat face, <laughs> literally <laughs> self-serving self. Yes. The chat face is a reference to the William Shatner mask from uh, Halloween. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. People, people got to see the, got to see the, the art to get the whole, get the whole vibe of the chat face pumpkin ale. But yeah, it's good beer. We've had it on top nation USA before. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable. Matt, what are you drinking? I don't know if it's spooky or not, but it puts two terrifying animals together. It's from Aslan Beer Co. It's Velocirabbit. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. It's a a nice five and a half little hazy guy. And I just, I I always seem to find a four pack somewhere and I've liked them and it's flavorful. And it's, and I, and I wanted something tame because I'm very excited to be on Halloween is forever. I don't want to fuck up. <laughs> don't want to get blackout and ramble sure okay that makes sense <laughs> that's for the next episode when you invite yeah. me back maybe <laughs> yeah that's cool uh hop nation adam what are you drinking uh something again very self-serving 
Uh, I've had this show or I had this beer on our show. You've had it, Steve, as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a few more in my fridge and I needed a good reason to drink it. And this seemed like just as good a reason as any. Uh, this is the New Glarus Spotted Cow. Fun. I needed that in my life. And I already had it on our show. This is another opportunity to showcase it to other people. Yeah, I got it. I'm happy I have it. I'm going to drink it and enjoy it. That's just, that's just coming on and, you know, having just a mild flex for our show saying, saying, you know, over on the hop nation USA, we drink new Glarus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not uncommon that, uh, it's not the first new Glarus beer on this show though. So, no, oh, I, I, I know that full, fully <laughs> yeah, yeah. well. Yeah. And that's why I said it was self-serving because I don't care. Fair this is all about me. Fair enough. I get to drink this beer. Yeah. Uh, myself, I'm drinking a beer that I've also had on hop nation before, but, uh, this is, a very apropos for the time it's called the winter solstice it is a cascadian dark ale with spruce tips and it is a collaboration between allegheny city brewing and a soon to open fermata brewing you know again it's opening in 2022 so i thought that was pretty appropriate being that that's the year we're in now but uh i was going to drink the cinderland's she's a butte spruce ipa but i believe brian had that on part one and i didn't want to be a copycat so <laughs> I'll merely copy myself from another show. <laughs> but yeah, overall, great beer. It's uh, got a lot of piney and floral notes on it, and it's super enjoyable. And I look forward to more from Fermata. You know, get some get some good brewing in Beaver County. That would be kind of dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be a great thing. <laughs> but Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So yes, those are the beers we're drinking. And uh, you know, as you may or may not know, we have a showdown coming up next week because this is Monday, January the 3rd, uh, and we postponed our showdown simply because of the holidays. But there's five Mondays in January, so we can still make it up and everything falls on the right timeline. Everything works out. So next week will be our showdown episode. And I have it on good authority of what movies we're going to be watching. If you remember, the topic that was voted on was back to school. So the films we are watching are all school related. And with that, Meg has chosen to do the original Carrie, the uh, 1976 classic with Sissy Spacek. Brian, our current champion, he's elected to do Night of the Creeps. Obviously, he's showing Tom Atkins love on this one. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh hometown favorite. And I have chosen the ensemble cast Scream 2. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it might be a little superior to Scream 1. Even though they're both school technically. I, I'm going with Scream 2. But yeah, I, yeah it, I think it has the stronger story. It's got a lot more playing with the meta and has a lot of more interesting things to go back to especially as in february we will be getting a brand new scream installment and hopefully it can redeem scream 4 in some way so we'll see with that coming up so those are the movies we'll be watching and uh yeah if you want to check us out on the social medias all you have to do is search halloween is forever uh, yeah, almost did it. The Hop Nation <laughs> mm-hmm. feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, Halloween is forever on Instagram, Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever Pod on Facebook and the TikToks. Or you can just email us, and it's one of those old emails at Halloween is Forever Pod at gmail.com. Uh, with that, though, we are talking about a movie. It's an anthology, so it's actually a bunch of movies. <laughs> and uh, it is called Death December. Free on the Tubi. Who loves the Tubi? Who's I love Tubi. 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 Fallen in love. Stolen my heart. <laughs> Tubi rules. <laughs> <laughs> so admittedly, for, for this show, this is the first time I had used Tubi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm buying in. Dude, there's so much, but that's the yeah. that's the thing. You don't have to buy in; it's free. To be free. right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they have tremors. Yeah, on the all, front page. All all the tremors all too. All of them. Like, no, I don't mm-hmm. one. You get them all, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think they're missing a tremors. Are I didn't. They? I didn't look. There's like seven or eight tremors. Films, yeah. So if it, they had the little dwarfy ones that fart, that's the one I want to watch real bad. I think that's two or three. <laughs> yeah. It might be both of them. They have the babies and they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's where they learn to fly so I, that's either yeah. it's either two or three i think two is just the one where they regular walk which As, one do they go to space that happens eventually right don't, 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 doesn't everything go to space that's probably the next one because <laughs> yeah, four was when they went back in time to the old west yeah. mm. so so yeah. it'll be yeah tremors hobbs and shaw right <laughs> it'd be like what is it Bert and uh what the hell is Kevin Bacon's character's name <laughs> oh you super lost me there I, I know no- <laughs> yeah well he was only I think he's only in the one movie but yeah you got you always have to have Bert Gummer I think he's in every one of the movies so but yeah uh five is I think Antarctica seven is on an island <laughs> Jesus, man. as long as the check clears yeah right put him in a tornado next Hmm. I like put him in a tornado. Tremor tornado. Tremornado. <laughs> Tremornado. Yeah, perfect. Tremornado. Tubi, sign hmm. it up. Sign it up. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Tubi's job. That's not our job. Our job is to talk about Death December. And specifically, we're talking about the last eight films, as you may have heard. And if you haven't, go check it out. But Brian did the first eight. Meg has done the second eight. Now we're doing the third eight of a 24 film anthology and december for those you don't know came out in 2019 and of course it's full of a bunch of actors that you may or may not know and a bunch of directors that you may or may not know and a bunch of stories that may or may not be good (laughs) (laughs) such an accurate description man (laughs) that that is the accurate description of every anthology uh yep i'm sure i I know hot nation adam you don't have that kind of uh uh i don't know touch with horror films but um matt and i i am the outlier on this and i already know that coming in here yeah well that's why i brought you on because i think it's important (laughs) to get a different side of things but um, oh boy are you yeah matt and bashline i know you guys you've probably at least seen one of the abcs of death both of them baby you've seen them both oh yeah okay yeah so like again that's very similar isn't that's 26 films you know this is 24 but uh well it's 26 because there's two secret films within the credits but you know people may or may not know that if they sat around for the credits (laughs) (laughs) i'll just i'll start with matt what was your initial impressions 
uh, just like the i'm assuming you watched the entire thing so oh yeah yeah, yeah. um i i'll be completely honest i turned it off after the first four uh-huh. to go to go get whiskey to come back and then <laughs> i like like a soldier man i just sat there still just watching it trying to take everything in and then cussing steve out in my brain because i had to focus on eight of them <laughs> so i really had to put my attention into the last eight and then I went back and watched this, the eight on, we were going to talk about again, and I found things in each one that I liked. Mm-hmm. I felt like each one of these things did this one thing really well, whether it be like lighting or gore factor or scare factor. Uh, they're not all super cohesive, but I think each one had this one moment that I really liked. So I, that's, that's kind of what I took away from it. it. It's weird to say it's not as good as the ABCs of death, but right. it wasn't the worst anthology I've ever seen. Fair enough. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bashline, uh, similar thoughts? Yeah, I guess I could pretty much echo what Matt said. Like, it's not as good as the ABCs of death, but uh, I watched the first eight and then I texted you, Steve, to say, which ones do I have to watch? Because the first eight were <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can make it. Um, but I powered through and like Matt, I, I rewatched them again today uh, just to kind of bounce my notes off them again. And it, actually, in the last eight, slash 10 that we watched um i found some enjoyable parts in in most of them i can't fair. say i found something to enjoy in all of them but most <laughs> fair and uh hop nation adam i'm gonna assume that uh, you only watched the eight that you had to <laughs> uh no no i i watched one or two additional because uh i tried to hit exactly on number 17 uh-huh. to go the rest of the way and i missed it a little bit and I'm like, ah, I'll just watch the rest. You know, I'll watch the two in front of it and see what happens. Fair enough. So I did the assignment. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I, did, I wasn't <laughs> accusing you of not doing the assignment. I'm just I'm just now for from your perspective of I assumed you wouldn't watch more than you really had to. I, I did not. <laughs> I did not. But 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 of what you watched, what you know, how how are your thoughts going? So I kind of had the same thought process of these aren't supposed to be good, are they? As <laughs> some others have already reflected. Now there were one or two that I did find enjoyable. One or two I could even say were relatable. Mm-hmm. But to say they were masterpieces, no. Okay. Not not at all. I, no, I don't think. I personally, I would say there's maybe like two that really stuck out to me that are like excellent, superb short films that mm-hmm. you could show anywhere, anytime, uh, you know, the rest is kind of a grab bag. There's some that doesn't, don't even make sense within the whole scope. There are some that, I mean, they, they stuck to the assignment of making a holiday themed short horror film and, you know, they did okay. Uh, the thing with short films is man, endings are fucking hard. You ever, (laughs) yeah, yeah. as as a person who had to write short films a lot and, uh, yeah, endings are really hard when you don't have a lot to build up with it. And, uh, yeah, we can get in to the films that we did and we'll start right off the bat with number 17. It was called pig. And this was a German film. That's the other part of this anthology and it doesn't help it but it is an international anthology 
And it doesn't help it because I feel a lot of the films that aren't American or Canadian made lose some translation, especially again, when you're working in that short film format, you need you need to be as effective as a communicator as possible and that i'm not knocking the filmmakers on this i'm just saying our dumb american asses are going to miss nuance <laughs> so so i think uh yeah the, we'll start with pig and pig is basically a german film set in a nightclub in the nightclub it has it's a kind of on the line of a sex club but not a full-on sex club and you get this uh, opening shot of a man being branded with a p as he goes into the club and he is flirty with some of the women you also have these flashes to other time when a woman is you know saying that she remembers a man's face uh basically the film breaks down into these two a b stories of you see uh what apparently is a training montage for women who have been sexually assaulted and uh, the club in which they are hunting this guy. Um, it, it breaks down pretty easily like that. It, and it, I think as far as storytelling, it's effective because it tells you where uh, it tells you where you're going and it tells you what you're doing. You know that, you know, these women are hunting this guy and then you know why they're hunting him. Uh, it also shows you kind of, you know, a lot of the emotion on their side. I don't, my question is, where is the Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> that, was ex that was exactly what I was thinking the entire time I'm watching this, uh, because this is actually the one that I really liked. Mm -hmm. Because like you were saying, Steve, the language barrier does turn off some horror fans because they want to almost get a little mindless when it comes to anthologies, they want to see quick hit flash sponge activity style stuff, but the storytelling and the, the, the way that all the female characters emoted throughout, like you could actually really get some great storytelling just from that montage of their faces. Unfortunately, trigger warning while they're being sexually assaulted, you can mm -hmm. definitely tell that they've been afflicted by this pretty violently. And then to see how they're gearing up and using all that, to the climax of this short film. I really like this man. I actually watched this three times because I wanted to go back again and watch it because I felt like of all these things, this one had some of the best physical storytelling and uh, the gore factor was also pretty cool. So mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just to yeah, fast forward a little bit, like the, the way this story wraps up is that uh, again, the, the guy you've been following in the club, he is captured by the women taken to a remote location and they stab and pummel and kick him to death. Um, basically, well, he's into submission and they have a number of homemade shivs and shanks hidden all over their attire with like stiletto heels turning into actual, you know, ice picks and knives as they kick and stab him. <laughs> it is, it is it. fucking brutal. And, but you know, you're under the assumption the entire time that this guy is a rapist. So yeah, you don't feel bad for him at all. <laughs> Um, I will say I will give one thing to Germany. Their self-defense classes for women are way superior to America's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob get confused about who had his purse. Right. <laughs> I was so impressed with that. The one girl who had the uh, like razor on her stiletto heel through that that roundhouse kick caught him right in the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, they they bled him out bad. Uh, unfortunately, the, the part of the capturing method is they put this pig mask over his head and they walked him out of the club saying that he was too drunk. And that's obviously normal for Germany, for somebody <laughs> to just be drunk yeah. in a pig mask. <laughs> so no, nobody was questioned on that. <laughs> That's why Matt was such a fan of this film. Yeah. Yes. I actually watched it four times. I didn't want to talk about the fourth time, but I watched it. Continue. He made his own edit. You were the Oink, oink. Step on me, mommy. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the woman that was introduced in the beginning, who is the one basically uh, looking for revenge on this attacker, because it, it appears that she is, uh, th- this is a gang that has taken on multitudes of attackers. They have you know, killed a lot of rapists in Germany, and now they're doing this woman a favor and killing her rapist. Uh, when they remove the guy's pig mask, though, it's revealed that he's the wrong one. Because in the beginning of the film, you see the jacket that was marked with a P, but there was a mix-up, and the coats got switched in the coat room, and they kidnapped a guy who wasn't a rapist. But they have now assaulted him, bled him out, and he is close to dying, and they hand her a knife that is made from the end of a tape measure. Yes. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if that would work. It wouldn't. It yeah. wouldn't. I don't know that that would work, but it was such a brutal thing because the edges were so jagged <laughs> it was so like yeah it was so visceral and ugh. uh maybe if you catch that nasal uh the nasal section just in the right angle you could do that but i don't think so yeah <laughs> but it was, it was a it was a great great imagery yeah it was great imagery uh she reveals that yeah like i said he's not the killer and uh, she says he's innocent to which the female force squad of rapist killers is what I've deemed them. <laughs> they reveal there are no innocents and they kill him anyway. And that's a, that's a pretty brutal ending. Um, my one problem is that her original rapist is still on the loose. Yes. Mm. That, that's my, that's an unsatisfying part of the film. But uh, overall, I agree with Matt in like it, it was effective storytelling. Again, there's no Christmas in it, but it was it's a good film to just kind of bolster the good film ratio in this anthology. <laughs> so that that helps. <laughs> uh, Adams's thoughts. So I, I, I honestly thought it having that, you know, it being German and having the German language in it, I thought it made it a stronger film. I, because with the German language, you can get a lot more of that, you know, anger and emotion with the language rather than, you know, the English language. So I thought that that, per, you know, portrayed the anger and the hate that much more that these women were showing. And rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I, in terms of pure films and storytellings. Yeah, I was one of the strongest ones that I saw in there. Christmas wise, completely agree. Zero percent Christmas. <laughs> Christmas in Germany must be something completely different from what right. we know. The, the closest thing they had was the that weird silver tinsel stuff in the club. Yeah, that is just you know Beaver County strip club tinsel. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nothing new. <laughs> right. 
then that doesn't count. That doesn't make the cut. Yeah. Uh, Bashline, final thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, everybody, really. I think it was one of the stronger films in this whole anthology. Um, again, yeah, not much Christmas, but maybe they have leather daddy claws over in Germany. Is <laughs> um, that there was, a, there was a lot of leather but uh, and a lot of violence. But yeah, I thought it was one of the stronger films in the whole anthology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think the German heard it for me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I agree with Adam that I thought it kind of played up the cinematics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think, you know, even though I said kind of earlier about how some, there are some things lost in translation with some of these films, I feel like this one comes across perfectly fine. I mean, you know, it's, it is very well told and effectively told. So, yeah, I don't think you lose anything on this one from it being in a different language, but there are other ones, uh, especially one coming up for that. We had to watch. <laughs> That was a little more, yeah, not so, uh, not so kind on, but, uh, we'll move on to number 18, which was, they once had horses, which was directed by Lucky McKee. And this is one of the more, uh, known names that I was uh, familiar with as he was the director of the film may, if you guys remember that film. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it is a, uh, it's a oddball of a film. And it's a fun watch. And I say, check it out. I can't talk too much about it without spoiling it, but it is an older film from like early 2000s. So, uh, but the setup of his film is really rather simple and just kind of drops you right in the middle of these two cowboys in the middle of the wilderness. Uh, The title says they once had horses because they have no horses in this case. They are huddled around a fire and one is bleeding out profusely. Uh, there are monster noises in the dark and they are left alone to their own devices. Um, I like this one. It, it, it has style to it and uh, it, it, it's pretty simple, straightforward and just kind of a dude's rock moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed a lot. Yeah. I would say like during this one, I was laughing a ton. What I like too, I, I'm a sucker for black and white, especially when it's creature feature. Mm-hmm. But I, I wrote down here this one quote because I had to rewind it a bunch of times and, and listen to it. Uh, that swallowed half my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to just keep going back and hearing that guy like half dying. Just he swallowed half my ass. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like it. Dude, it's, Black and white, good use of lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I thought this was more of a comedic horror yeah. approach, and the way they they kind of infused Christmas in there with the harmonica. Uh, again, has me. I, to, I don't want to spoil too much, but the harmonica towards the end. Yeah, the, I, I'm, I was cracking up so much, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It, it's it's such a short and effective film, and just like the you know, it's a dude's rock moment because. The Christmas side of it is just one guy giving another guy a harmonica and just saying, you know, we've been partners for 11 years and that's what you get. <laughs> I just got to remember you like that. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Bashline thoughts. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the style. I like the dialogue. Didn't like the story so much. Didn't like the, the monster kind of became silly to me when they were like hearing him in the mountain and it just sounded like wet diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I, I was like, I don't, I don't know what that monster is, but 
I really wanted it, and then it ended up. I wanted to see what the monster was. You never get that payoff. But um, yeah, I, I thought the dialogue was really strong too. Because at one point, the guy that's basically gutted is like, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore." And the guy's like, "Well, if we're lucky, this is the last thing we won't want to do." So yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was really cool. I just something about the sound effects just made me giggle and took me out of it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like again, you know, I you know, May is a very black comedy in a way. So like I, I believe that Lucky has a very strong sense of what is funny within horror. But you know, when you're saying you want to see the monster, that's you goddamn millennials not thinking about the fact that sometimes you just got to use your imagination. <laughs> my my imagination was pretty bad it was like i imagine like a cthulhu werewolf with like toilet paper instead of tentacles yeah coming yeah it was a poop monster oh it's like the monster shits in his mouth right it's yeah, yeah. yeah. just like a well, big like, just a big old dirty ass bear you know <laughs> well, he's got half an ass in his mouth what do you yeah. expect yeah half an ass he's full or not or we not. don't know <laughs> no he's obviously not he's still coming for more ass this is obviously an insatiable monster he's had two horses asses and then half a man ass and he still comes for more man ass so <laughs> over for that booty yeah <laughs> And perhaps some coyote ass. I don't know if he gets it or just ch- they just get away. But sounds like him. it. You hear him. The, the other other white meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top Nation Adam, was this one enjoyable for you as well? It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. I I I kind of agree that the the wet garble of the monster was a. It took me out of the moment when it was <laughs> pretty funny. Fair enough. Fair I enough. I yeah. Everything else has already been said. You know, it had its moments, but, uh, you know, it was fine. Fair enough. That one was fine. It's a short little, I mean, that is, that movie was classic padding in an anthology film, but they still got like, you know, again, the cinematography is great and, you know, everything looks nice. So it's a short, uh, you know, easily constructed film. So, yeah, that's why you go to people like Lucky McKee, because you just need that you need that solid padding because mm-hmm. the next film <laughs> is some of the other things that happen in anthologies is you get a mess. Uh, the next film is uh, called December 19th and uh, we'll get into why in a minute, but it is basically just Slavic drinking Christmas <laughs> is that's where you start. You start in the home of a bunch of slavs getting fucking wasted uh you can tell they're slavs because if you see peas within mayonnaise you know you're in some eastern euro cuisine like i don't know where else that happens (laughs) (laughs) that is that is some unpleasant cuisine but you know i still would probably eat it uh they also are drinking a lot of terrible terrible liquors (laughs) But yeah, it's the, it's called December nineteenth because it is Saint Nicholas's feast day, and that's in the Eastern Orthodox. That's another clue that we're in Slavic country. Uh, we're probably having a Serbian Christmas at this time because they go by the Saint's feast day. They don't get into the whole Santa Claus. It's all Saint Nicholas. 
the third way you know is because there's a mention of a Yugo and then a showing of a Yugo. So we are firmly in some place that may have formerly been Czechoslovakia or Yugoslavia. <laughs> One of those areas. Uh, it starts, uh, the, the, like I said, the film starts with at the party and you have these two uh, women who are basically eyeing each other up and then they start talking and they're talking about how their family, then they decide to peace out from the party uh, because the one girl has something to show the other girl and she has ice skates. She has two pairs of ice skates and she takes her friend to this dilapidated busted ass ice rink. <laughs> <laughs> Just bummed out, sad depression <laughs> ice rink. It is, uh, it, they, they're talking on the bench and they're giving exposition for seemingly no reason. But the one woman reveals that she is the cousin of the other woman and that she's worried about her brother who's out drunk driving because he got a job as a shitty Santa Claus. <laughs> and so part of his job is the drunk drive around the neighborhood. <laughs> yup. <laughs> delivering hit and runs <laughs> again i don't is this where we're losing some translation <laughs> maybe a little bit possibly is it like there the there is so much in this film that it's just like messy it's slapped together the horror comes in when uh both women are on the ring they're skating together and then they kind of have a meet cute moment where they fall down on the ice together. And then they're talking about being close and one's cold and one girl pulls the other girl's titty out. <laughs> and it's already been established that they're cousins. So everybody's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I was plenty comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it, and then she begins to suck her tit, and then the girl getting her tit suck rebukes this, gets up, and you know tries to get away from her. Uh, in the process, she falls, mangles her finger in a pretty terrible way, and then through like a series of whoopsie doo quinky dink accidents. The 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 other girl cuts her cuts her friend's fingers off, and then kick stabs her with a skate in the face, and then runs from the scene of the horror, only to get run over by the aforementioned Yugo. And then that's it. Luke, what the <laughs> fuck was this? Can I say what I renamed this movie? Please. It's just it's just called Oops. <laughs> oops i went to a serbian drinking party oops i went skating while i was drunk oops i licked your titty once oops i chopped your finger off oops i, I skated your face oops a guy hit me with his car yeah oops <laughs> oops oops my drunk cousin ran me over and i was <laughs> foreboding you know, was, let me just let me just tell you about this legendary drunken santa claus it just so happens to come through this bombed out old school that has an ice rink in it and yeah. murders you with a car <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> didn't see it coming man didn't see it coming very subtle foreshadowing mm -hmm. I, I just, what did we learn from this <laughs> you lick a titty one time you're gonna get hit by a yugo 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't suck your cousin's titty in Serbia. <laughs> Words to live by. Boom. <laughs> yeah, when, when the Yugo came through, all I could think of was, oh, they actually did it. You know, I was hoping that it was yeah. going to be some level of misdirection. Because as soon as, you know, that started being talked about, like, all right, I see what's going to happen. But no way they're actually going to do it. Well, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. It, it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just so, I don't know, it's so on the nose. But at the same time, like, I'm, I was trying to find some sort of subtext. And honest to God, the only subtext I could find was Eastern European homophobia. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't don't do girl on girl or else you die. <laughs> That's a terrible film. <laughs> yeah, don't do girl on girl in Serbia. Come to America, have a podcast, and you get ten million hits an episode. Come on, come to America. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, this. Uh, I don't know. This movie's just sad and a mess. I don't like it. Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't think anybody disagrees with me that they don't like no. it. Let's hit no let's further hit discussion. Conference. Let's yeah. hit it with a Yugo and move forward. <laughs> oh, although just one final note, uh, Matt, you had an alternate title for this. And oops, I also had an alternate title in a Serbian film for the holidays. Yeah, there's weird, there's weird interfamily titty licking. Yeah, that definitely. It works for me, man. Yeah. Yep. Just the, <laughs> just the starting. It's a, a Serbian film Christmas vacation. But uh, yeah, the next film getting away from it all. And uh, this one is another it's pretty simple. Uh, just a guy is in his car driving to his getaway. He's getting away from Christmas. He's trying to seclude himself in a cabin for the remainder of the holidays. And you, you're told basically, you know, through assault via the radio about, you know, just ad upon ad and a mention of Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> rest in piss. <laughs> like that is, you know, you know, the holidays are grating and this dude's trying to escape from it. Uh, as he's sequestered alone in his cabin, he starts hearing bumps and jumps in the night and he's investigating and it turns out to be carolers. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but then the carolers actually do turn out to be sinister. <laughs> they push him into his home. Uh, some more carolers pop out from under the bed, <laughs> which was hilariously terrifying. Uh, and then they cut his foot off as they gag his mouth with the socks that he gets for Christmas. Um, not too much going on in this film. It was a ripoff. I'm pretty sure it was a ripoff from a Family Guy episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that happened on a Family Guy Christmas episode where I think it was Quagmire ended up getting sucked into a, a caroling group. And it was the same thing where they just start coming in through the doors and the windows are coming from underneath the bed and stuff like that. You know, as a as a send up, except this wasn't a send up. This was supposed to be legitimate. Yeah. And it completely took me out of it because like, oh, I've already seen this, but it was supposed to be funny. It wasn't mm. funny then, it's not funny now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't know that. Uh knowing it's just a ripoff of a family guy <laughs> just makes me actually look lesser on it. 
Yeah, and, and, I, and I didn't understand the point of the diabetes choir, why they took his foot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> you don't need these socks anymore, motherfucker. That's why we took your foot. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't clear. Like, I wish there was... There, like, that's a couple things that they could improve with this, is like, if the gift was more related to something else, rather mm-hmm. than just being uh, like a tool to in his uh, demise um and like why did they cut his foot like why you know why that it didn't there there was nothing you know the only thing i could think of there and i couldn't make the connection was they they sawed off his foot and earlier in the film he stepped on an ornament and cut his foot but like i there was no real connection Mm-mm. like it was supposed to be like a penance for i don't know for hate right. But like, so, so like the way you set that up though, is like, not that he steps on an ornament, but like he kicks over a Christmas tree or like Mm -hmm. he, he, like you have to say, like, the thing is this character, the character that's being assailed, it's not that he's unlikable. Like you just feel nothing. Like you, 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 you've kind of agree. You're like, yeah, sometimes I wish I could get the fuck away from the holidays. I completely related with him. I hate Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. So there you go. So yeah, if he if they set him up more as like a Scrooge and like he's like kicking Christmas tree ornaments and like that kind of shit, like just really taking it out on the holidays, and then he was later punished in fashions for that, that would make more sense. Mm. But see, I thought maybe at first they're gonna try to go for like a misery angle mm-hmm. where they're gonna keep him there until you know he gets his jolly and cheer, but there, there was nothing yeah. said about that. Right there, yeah, there it just ends. So right. yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's that's another way that they could make it more interesting, though, is like if he, you know, gets the holiday spirit you mm. know, through torture, like, right. <laughs> you know, we can't we can't instill it through cookies and cheer. Let's instill it through pain and misery. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the one thing I really liked about it when I went back and watched it again was uh, all the different camera angles they had. Mm. That's where everybody came from. So when you go back and you know that's where everyone's hiding in the house and you watch those camera angles again, it has a higher sense of creepiness to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But other than that, I really didn't, I, you know, the substance is kind of lacking. I also don't understand why he took his foot. Uh, the one thing I do like, though, is the unwavering stare the one girl has while she's just getting <laughs> a ketchup bottle spray all over. Absolutely. <laughs> Great job. Yeah. Just took it like a champ. Yeah, she she uh, for lack of any like better PC term than this, she is taking money shots of fake blood and just smiling through it all, barely blinking. And just the and the two actors on the side of her, too, are also like taking hard blood spurts in their face and they all have this plastered on fake robot smile. It is unpleasant and uncomfortable. It's a great visual, but everything else around it, like I, yeah. I feel I feel like that that shot was so strong that the rest of the film was probably built around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody envisioned it and then like, uh, what do we do to get there? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's an okay film sort of (laughs) if you, the, this is one of those things that is interesting about anthologies is when you go through so many films, you usually don't have time to sit and think about how much you liked or disliked it because already the next film is playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is one of those. Don't think about it too much. Just go, ah, I had a time for fucking three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) 
there was that, that box one, is checked yeah there was that one shot i like that one shot oh here's a new film <laughs> so with that here's a new film uh, <laughs> moving on to number 21 family feast this one i enjoyed a lot um but there there's two things that kind of fall short but uh hope we can talk about them uh you're again in a family home setting for christmas uh, this is Montreal because people are speaking both French and English <laughs> and it's obnoxious, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, you have basically all the trappings of unpleasant Christmas. You have shitty mom who's telling you you're fat. You have disaffected dad. You have elderly relatives that are just practically dying in the chairs um, you have your siblings, which you hate because they are you know, obnoxious in their success. And then you have our protagonist, Rose, who is just trying to survive. And I, I, I identify with Rose. I get her. Yes, she is all of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's great. Uh, she's just trying to navigate her way through the house, basically bouncing room to room, avoiding the relatives that she does not want to see and as she does that basically making laps through the house she's also drinking from the punch bowl as much as she can <laughs> she's really just down at it getting it in the good move yeah um the there is one bit of attention that's paid extra strong to there is a creepy uncle dressed as santa claus and he is first seen chasing small children through the house saying he's going to gobble their buns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and the children's the children's mother is very quick to say, no, no, children come here, sit down. <laughs> as, as it's not so much that they're in trouble, but it, it is more alluded to the fact that you need to stay away from Uncle Bob or whatever his fucking name was. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I nicknamed him Uncle Touchy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. It, it becomes very apparent that he is a he is a handsy uncle. Um, the, at one point, Rose is you know just kind of scanning the room, and Uncle Touchy catches her eye and tries to lead her to come over, and basically makes a gesture to come sit on his lap, it, despite the fact that he's a very old man and she is a woman in her thirties. <laughs> And that is wildly gross. <laughs> yeah. Super gross. Man. I, felt, I felt creepy at that very point. Yeah. I felt greasy, like Rico Suave greasy. Yeah. I didn't feel good there. Well, remember this uh, film is Canadian. So was it mega greasy? <laughs> crazy. So crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, just Rose is making more laps through the house, but things continue to get weirder and weirder as she makes laps in the house she starts seeing things that aren't there she starts uh, the lighting starts changing around her and she starts seeing monster faces she starts seeing people as dead she starts seeing at one point what she believes to be her mother and her mother's friend eating the hands of the children yeah <laughs> brutal I like that part i like yeah. that part a lot <laughs> it was yeah it was gross <laughs> but it was pretty great um eventually this all just leads to uh, you know uh rose losing her mind in the kitchen and uh as you know as it's progressing uncle touchy is getting grosser and more 
just like monstrous to look at. So it becomes very, very apparent that he's like the biggest stressor for Rose, despite everything else around her being, you know, stressors as well. Uh, yeah, Uncle Tetchy just comes into the kitchen and he gets too close to her and she grabs a knife, stabs him in the neck and then plops him up on the counter and just basically guts him like a goose. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leaving her family horrified. <laughs> or relieved we don't relieved. know yeah yeah that's yeah. true mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure there was that kind of moment of huh yeah what do we do here <laughs> no no nobody started crying and nobody said no yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but everybody was kind of bummed <laughs> everyone had that hive mind moment of uh, psychopathy where like do we pretend to be sad now oh yeah oh oh no rose you stabbed <laughs> <laughs> it, it was probably less um, you know, less sympathy for uh, Uncle Touchy getting the knife and more just like, oh, are we next? You know, that's all. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't yeah. care, they don't care about him getting stabbed. They just don't want to be stabbed next. Self-preservation kicked in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, overall, I like this one a lot. Uh, the, two, the two things about it, though, that I felt they could have done better. So there's a scene where they, they make a very obvious focus on the TV and the TV that's being watched by the grandfather. It, it is playing a news story about a holiday killing. So like somebody went off and shot their family with a rifle, you know, that same mm. night. I wish they did a little better job of making a thread to where something that Rose was doing like or eating or touching uh like had the consequence of like oh there's actually like a Ah. there's there's an epidemic of holiday killings because of this one thing Mm -hmm. but they they they, i don't know they just i felt like that's what they were setting up but they didn't really follow through with it did anybody else catch that or see something i i felt like they're they're trying to make i thought they were going to go on that parallel path to kind of give it justification as to what happened Mm -hmm. um and I was waiting for that payoff until like, I went back and watched it again. And I think what it, I think what this thing's really doing here is, is the stress that Rose, you can tell that she endures this every Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And, and the only people that changed were the people she saw to be like in her brain pieces of shit. So everybody who was terrible turned into these monsters. And mm-hmm. that's why the creepy uncle was the worst of them all because she saw him not only as, a bad person, but also like sexually aggressive and you know unrelenting. So he became like the golem of the whole thing. So I think it's, I think it, I think it was like the trigger for her. She mm-hmm. saw the violence on TV and then mix it with the, you know, being intoxicated and then also having the worst time of her life, which I understand being at a family party is the worst time of my life guaranteed every time yeah but i just won't stab anybody right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i just felt like there wasn't there wasn't enough of a trigger like of her like being drunk like being drunk make you do a lot of stupid things but not hallucinate and fucking you mm. know go hard violence so yeah. I just yeah, I just wish there was like one little uh, hint to like something being in the Jello, or you know, or like uh, a shitty cousin dosing her with something, you know. PCP baby, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, what did you what did the Adamses think about this film? 
So I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Like we said before, she is a very relatable character. We've all been there. We've all had to trudge through that. And I, I thought that they were going to work the angle of the punch also being, you know, kind of a hallucinogen, you know, pushing her over the edge and seeing that, that new story kind of, you know, morphing her brain a little bit of, well, why don't I make that my reality? Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. And I thought that was kind of the angle that they were going to work, work, but it just never materialized. But overall, I, I enjoyed the story. I thought it was one of the best ones of the bunch. So, and it had Christmas themes too. <laughs> it was an actual film based on Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it Points was, for that. It was strong all around. <laughs> yes. Bashline thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I thought it was uh, one of the stronger ones. It, it definitely played on Christmas strong. I, I echo what all of you thought about kind of making a connection to what triggered it. The only thing that disappointed me is I wanted her to stab the brother instead of Uncle Touchy because the obnoxious <laughs> brother was the <laughs> And there's there's like three of those in my family, and I want to knock all of them. <laughs> so I was hoping the brother was going to get a little bit of violence at least, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to our next film, and uh, this one is called Before Sundown. Uh, again, this one starts at a party. There's a lot of holiday party going on. And uh, this one, I like it starts with a nice one shot that takes you through the party. You're following the character as he just basically works his way through what would be like a classic teen party. The parents are out of town. So the kids are playing drinking games and, you know, smoking a little bit of the weed and possibly having sex in bedrooms that they don't belong in. Uh Oh, but uh, yeah, we're just following this kid as he makes his way through the party. And then eventually he finds his sister and drags her away from the boy she's talking to in a very hilarious way by slapping the drink out of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> there, I don't know why I'm in my mid thirties and there's nothing funnier than just smacking food out of somebody's <laughs> hand. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he, he drags his sister away, and then I, I assume they're met by their other brother. Is the, the way this character played to me? If I, was I wrong? I have no that? idea who he was. I didn't know if it was a brother, or like a really good friend. I, mm-hmm. One of the two, though. Yeah. Yeah. They they make mention of like they the whole thing is they have to go home now, and they're uh, they're all Jewish, so they have to stop to get candles for the menorah, and they're uh, going to make some klugel. Uh, and I just, I thought he was another brother just because they accused him of being terrible at being Jewish. And he said, we haven't been Jewish since mom died. And then he also makes reference to his sister, Carol, who's now all about Christmas as she's hanging out at Christmas party and getting on with the Gentiles. So, yeah, (laughs) I I, I assume they were all family, but I don't know. it, It wasn't as clear to me. I, I didn't, I mean, I was trying to establish a connection, but I was getting more of like those good friend vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they all go to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All, yeah. That's kind of what I was getting from it. <laughs> okay. So uh, on their bike ride home and to the stores, uh, you know, they, 
the the one kid's uh, telling a story about how they used to have to get home before sundown because something in the darkness would come and take them. And he's uh, telling it basically as an old uh, Jewish myth uh, that, you know, there was something in the dark and then they lost the story. It's such an ancient Judaic story uh, that they kind of lost the reasons why for this, but they says that it happens every 13th year on a cycle and they're on that 13th year so it's a heavy exposition dump just to kind of move things along to make it make sense as to why a monster pops up i tried to find something in judaic myth and mythology about what this monster that were i couldn't find anything uh anybody else (laughs) The only thing I can think of that comes close to, and it doesn't really make sense because it's materialized as a Dybbuk. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I can really think of. The, uh, um, but Dybbuks are usually, pose- you know, all about possession. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a materialized monster, clearly. So I, I, I tried to find it too. And if I can just like, I don't know, I'll, I'll hang my yarmulke on a, <laughs> on a Dybbuk. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I couldn't find too much. Uh, there are like some, there are some beasts and monsters mentioned. A lot of them are actually vampire esque. Uh, I think I I felt like I found one, but it was also called it was it, it was a bird that came down and sucked goats, and that was like the closest thing I could get was a bird that came in the darkness and killed goats in the darkness. It's as close as make, I could get. <laughs> that could make sense too, because yeah. the kids being sacrificial to a degree mm-hmm. they're the ones that have to go get the things to bring it to the adults that are kind of like goats to a slaughter lambs to a slaughter yeah 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 i just i the, i just couldn't find anything that stuck with that 13 year cycle which seemed like you know that that's a real important part of a monster's mythos you know yeah. and as you were talking about like the dybbuk that wasn't in its myth uh, mythology so yeah uh and then you know uh leviathan that didn't fit so <laughs> i, I wish up. it did dude. that'd be sick yeah. as fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> i gave up <laughs> i gave up on that so uh but yeah overall yeah the uh, uh what we're getting to though is the one kid is attacked and killed by something uh, a shadow in the darkness rips him off his bike and you know basically tears his face off and so it's up to the other kids to race home uh for safety and uh yeah it, it turns out you know the the one girl she saves her brother and smashes whatever it was in the dark kills it um yeah it's a, it's a i don't know it's a it's a short effective film but it's not i don't know it's not that great because of that heavy exposition dump but it it really felt like the best student film yeah yeah <laughs> I could agree with that. I, was, I also think, too, I don't like the idea that everyone's supposed to be fearful of these monsters, whatever they may be, yet to be identified. Uh, and one angsty girl who got cock blocked by her brother can kill it with a candlestick. I wasn't really, I didn't really like that part. I was, could have been killing these things for years, man. Mm-hmm. Let it just take people. Candlestick, bro. Come on. This isn't a game of clue. Right. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Bashline. Yeah, I uh, I felt the same way. I thought it was I thought it was a lot of exposition, and I thought it could have paid off really well, and the payoff just wasn't was weak. It was weak. I didn't yeah. like how it ended, yeah. but not bad. It was shot really nice. I I liked how all the cinematography and everything was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, just the end was 
really flat. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I thought, I thought it was the best student film because I really feel like it was more about that one shot through the party that you start with. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, that's kind of like the exercise of the student film. Like, can you do a one shot and show me a good example of that? And then they build a short film around it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hop Nation, Adam, any, any extra thoughts on this? No, this one was honestly just filler mm-hmm. to me. This one was just another one. Check the box, move on. It was, <laughs> it was fine. But I, I think at that point, I was ready for a commercial break. <laughs> I was kind of relieved to get a commercial break. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I did, I, it, was, it was just another one. Didn't care that much. Got to fill that word count to 24. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what this was. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's obvious talent behind the film, um, but overall, just as a film, it's not anything that you would watch on its own. It's just something that comes on during this. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to number 23, Christmas Cracker. And this is possibly my favorite film in the entire series. I'm so glad that I, we get to talk about this one because I love this one. It is uh, a very simple setup in which you have a family sitting around dinner, mother, father, daughter, sleepy ass grandma, <laughs> and they are just finishing up dinner. And it is uh, time to open the Christmas crackers. Uh, for people who aren't aware, uh, in the countries that still worship the queen, uh, they have this tradition called Christmas crackers, which is a very like, I don't know, it, it, it's just feels like a remnant from World War Two or World War One depression era fucking presence <laughs> in which you just rip open gift wrapped toilet paper rolls. And inside the toilet paper rolls, there is usually like a joke, as we see in the film, or there's also like uh, small toys, treats or even like a paper crown. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real depression era fucking toy and gift. But uh, these Christmas crackers are being held in an ammo box. <laughs> I love that part. That's why that's one of my favorite visuals of this whole thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the father is very insistent that they have to do the Christmas crackers now, even denying his own daughter the ability to open her gifts before they do the Christmas crackers. They, he opens the ammo box and he does one with his wife. And th- this is the best part of the film is that if you know how tame what a Christmas cracker is, you know, it's not even, it's not even like a champagne bottle streamer popper. Like it's, there's no explosives in it. It's just ripping toilet paper rolls. It's really all it is. And so the fear on the wife's face and the music and just this incredible amount of tension that is being built and you don't know why why is it so tense (laughs) it is that is the most fantastic part about this uh film outside of everything else so they rip one open and then the dad finds a joke and he tells an awful dad joke I thought it was fantastic. Well, I, I did chuckle. I chuckled. Yeah. <laughs> it's a laugh, and it's also like an uncomfortable laugh because you're just like, "What are we building towards?" <laughs> uh, they uh, they then do the other one, and they do one for the wife, 
and again, another joke and another joke is told. It is then time for, for the daughter to do one. And the wife is so fearful that she reaches for a knife as if she's going to stab the father. And again, you are confused, but you are tense and you are upset. And he insists uh, the entire time there is a timer that's ticking down a little Santa egg timer that is ticking down 180 seconds. I believe it was Mm -hmm. in which these crackers have to be pulled for some reason. Uh, When they do, uh, you know, something happens. We don't know what at this point. But uh, yet yeah, is now time for the daughter to do her Christmas cracker. She's holding it in her hand. She's shaking with fear. The wife is upset. And then Nana, who's been asleep the entire time, <laughs> wakes up. And with the greatest line delivery, she says, oh, Christmas crackers, is it then? <laughs> Let's have a go. Grabs it, rips it, and then her head fucking explodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I. I really love this film, but I don't. I could talk about it for the rest of the episode, but I won't. I'm going to let somebody else talk about it. I feel I'm pretty sure we all enjoyed this one, I can guess. So if anybody else has something to say, go on ahead. To me, this was by far my favorite of the ones that I was forced to watch. <laughs> don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> This one was actually enjoyable, though. Mm-hmm. I actually like this one. But I, I think, and I'm going to go a touch negative here, I think they did the film a disservice by putting it so late in the series. Mm. Because you're so numb to all the other ones, and all of a sudden you got this gem at the end. You may not be paying attention because chances are you're probably slogging through this to get to the end. Mm-hmm. And you may not you know, give this film the service it deserves. I, I feel like this one should have been a little bit earlier, but I'm glad it was towards the end because then I watched it. Right. <laughs> so from a personal point of view, I'm glad it was towards the end. But overall, I think it should have been further up. From somebody who started at 15, you're saying this one needed to be earlier. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. But one thing that, that uh, nobody has mentioned yet, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, was the jingle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The jingle was great. I yeah. mean, they actually put some thought into that. The animation was very, you know, in line with the, you know, the scene that they were trying to set. I thought it was very well executed. I thought that was just as good as the tension in the first, you know, two thirds of the short film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. It yeah. tied everything together nicely. So, so just I'll touch on that real quick. We've been talking a lot about how exposition has bogged some of these films down and just really fucking not done them a good service. Mm-hmm. This one is great because, like you're saying, Adam, it all came at the end. And the big yeah. reveal is that these Christmas crackers are a population control method for a space station that is adrift. And they've turned mm-hmm. this this benign Christmas thing into a manner of random selection of deleting it's, people from the uh it's population station. control yeah 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 but it, it yeah and again it, it there's a little animation and a little you know explainer at the very end and that's great because you don't have the uh you don't have it ruining the tension of the film in the beginning mm-hmm. so yeah 
Yeah, because if you had that at the beginning of the film, you probably wouldn't care nearly as much because you know what's going to happen and right. you don't have any reason to care for any of the characters over any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any to root for or pull for. So yeah. it would pretty much ruin it if it was at the beginning. Right. Matt, thoughts? Uh, I think the one thing that created a ton of tension for me throughout this was the color palette. Mm-hmm. There is something infinitely creepy and very uh it brings all my senses up to a high alert when i see that like super vibrant almost like bleachy technicolor from like the first color tv yeah. and they turned this thing up they fried it i guess <laughs> is what they'd say. they fried the colors and then it's like it just created so much tension and then that color palette actually if you notice starts to fade away as they get close to the ending so mm-hmm. almost like it's easing you into the climax of it. So that's why I think it's very smart. Like the mm-hmm. story itself is awesome, but the visuals are smart and the way they like hook you into the end is just really smart. I, I, I'm going to keep saying it a million times, but it's short package, smart storytelling. I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. I, 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 if there were, if this, if the anthology had more of these, this would be a very, very, you must see it anthology. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like this is the, this is the kind of film that if you pulled it out and just set it on its own and had somebody watch it, they, they, that is what would pull them into the rest of the anthology. Yeah. And then I they agree. would be disappointed, but <laughs> you're right. You're right, but yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this is definitely a film that like stands on its own legs, no problem mm-hmm. at all, and you can put it into any film festival and have people mm-hmm. enjoy it. Bashline thoughts? Yeah, I I agree with all of you guys. I thought the tension was cranked up through the whole thing. The it was making me more and more anxious, and then with every dad joke, you got like a little brief ease of tension and just like that was stupid (laughs) building it up building up building it up um until grandma's head explodes at the end and the dad just exclaims anybody for charades and oh yeah what a perfect ending (laughs) and the other thing that built up a lot of tension and creeped me out the mother slash wife um in this really 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 resembled a late in life michael jackson which was uncomfortable (laughs) just the way her makeup and hair was Mm -hmm. was unsettling <laughs> yeah and, and that, like again that just all plays into the entire aesthetic um you know we we've touched on it bits and pieces here and there like matt's mentioned the color palette and you're talking about the makeup the makeup is very it's all very 1950s 1960s mm-hmm. type of you know family mm-hmm. sitcom and it also just you know because you later find out it's on a space station in space and the animation at the very end uh, this feels like Fallout, the movie. Yeah. It, like, this feels like the Fallout games. <laughs> I, I was thinking uh, Blast from the Past with Brendan yeah. Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference. Uh, you, you win. win. <laughs> <sighs> One of four people that saw that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the convention, huh? Yes. Yep. This is... <laughs> Well, the Brendan Fraser convention. <laughs> Up next, our Encino man paddle. <laughs> but yeah, Christmas cracker. Uh, it, it is a great one. If you 
if you just want to isolate this film in some way, like we said, it's 23rd. So just kind of skip towards the middle end. <laughs> you'll find you'll find it, but Doobie yeah. will let you. Yeah. yeah. This is a great one. On to our 24th film in the 24th film anthology that actually has 26. Uh, this is Operation Dolph. Uh, I like this one too. <laughs> this one is, it's, it's silly and it's, uh, it's goofy, but essentially it starts with, it is a, uh, a slovenly Santa is the best way to put it. A slovenly drugged out Santa wearing a, like uh, shooting range glasses <laughs> <laughs> is in the middle of the desert. He breaks into possibly the gaudiest, ugliest home. Mm. But then I also just assume all homes in Arizona look like this. It's <laughs> Arizona I, chic. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not going to Arizona to be proven wrong. So <laughs> uh, he, he is confronted by two children of which he quickly kills <laughs> one by body slamming the shit out of and the other breaking his neck. <laughs> Yeet. Yes. Yes, this this movie gets immediate bonus points for being uh, a child eating film. It after he kills the children, he's conf he's confronted by the mother of the children who comes out from a back bedroom and she attacks him. And then they have a tussle in the kitchen. She gives him a couple stabs as he chokes her to death. But <laughs> very brutal. Uh, There's a lot of meth. There's so yeah. much meth. The, here's the thing i don't know if it's meth we'll get into it in the we'll get into it in a second but uh yeah santa it goes out back into the backyard to find a drug operation and he goes into basically a a, a, a large shed uh, just like an annex it's something the general built <laughs> he goes in He's had a handgun on him the entire time, pulls out the handgun, shoots somebody dealing in some sort of kilo. He's moving some sort of weight. Uh, Santa kills him. And then there's a obvious chemist in his, uh, you know, his Jesse suit, <laughs> in his clean suit. <laughs> and he is screaming in his face. Where is he? As he smashes this guy's face with his bare hands and crushes his skull in his hands <laughs> and he the chemist begs for his life and he says he's out back santa goes out back is shot in the back by an ak-47 <laughs> survives that just fine <laughs> to back body drop his assailant and then stomp his skull in <laughs> And this all leads to Santa discovering in a camouflaged uh, canopy, much like you would, you know, hide weed in the olden days. He finds Rudolph has been captured. He was stolen and uh, yeah, stolen by these drug dealers. <laughs> what a fantastic little film. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> Santa saves Santa saves Rudolph. So, yeah, I like this one. Uh, there's a lot going on, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys give thoughts before I uh, add, add on more. I just want to say this because I wrote it down and, it, and I said Santa's trip to Bethlehem resulted in the death of two children and a mother. <laughs> <laughs> I think that encapsulates this, this whole short 
from beginning to end. And the reason why I know it's meth is because you see the Southern rebel flag and you see the hood for a KKK member and they're predominantly meth dealing uh, society or whatever the hell you want to call them. <laughs> dick bags. Uh, <laughs> their currency is meth. <laughs> they deal in racism and meth. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I loved it, man. It's just a funny, like, it just nods to like the big Lebowski nods to breaking bad nods to like the old uh, you know, expose films back in the early eighties, where it was always like the, these people versus the KKK. So mm-hmm. was, I loved all of it. And then that it's Santa actually Santa saving Rudolph at the end right. was a cool twist. I like that. Yeah. Uh, either of the Adams thoughts. Yeah, so my, my notes for this one were very entertaining. I just wrote down what was happening in pluses or minuses. <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, Santa pulls up in coat glasses, plus. Uh, breaks a kid's neck, plus, plus. Uh, shoots a meth dealer, plus. The only part that took me out of it, and my only minus, was when he crushed the chemist's head. It just literally looked like he smeared a ketchup packet on his face. Yeah. And, like, it took me out a little bit, but then I got right back in with the head stomp, plus, plus, plus. And then, <laughs> and then he made sexy eyes at Rudolph, plus, plus. Right. I thought it was uh, very cheesy, very corny, but super enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Hop Nation. It was, no, it was no Christmas. It was no Christmas cracker, but uh, <laughs> it was I, I honestly, I didn't like it until the very end with the payoff. Yeah, and the payoff kind of brought everything together, so that it all made a lot more sense. Instead, because watching it, you know, it just it, it looked like just you know just that old trope of a guy in an old beat up, you know, Santa Claus outfit trying to pillage his way through something because he's the bad guy, but then finding out that he's the good guy on a rescue mission, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that tied it all together quite nicely. Cause they don't give you that information. They don't tell you what he's, what he's doing. Right. You know, you just sort of assume that he's, you know, on some sort of drug induced rampage. Yeah. But then you find out what he's doing. Like, all right, no, I get this. All right, I like this. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm all right with this. <laughs> so, so just a couple notes, uh, just to add on to this, uh, it is directed by, uh, Trent Haga, which may or may not be recognizable to some of you. Definitely nope. not. Yeah, definitely not you, but, <laughs> um, he, he got his start in trauma. So he, he worked on, um, uh, Terra Firmer and he was in citizen Toxie. Uh, then he, you may also recognize him from full moon features. He does the Killjoy movies. So yeah, he, uh, he actually plays Killjoy in those movies. Um, but yeah, he, he directed this one and the two kids that are killed, I believe are actually his sons. They have the same, they have the same last name. So, <laughs> uh, that, that's from the trauma school of filmmaking where a lot of the early nineties trauma films, Lloyd Kaufman would kill his daughters on screen. So, <laughs> Uh, another note I wanted to add, though, was, uh, Matt, you already mentioned the KKK hood and the uh, Stars and Bars flag. But did you notice in the house at the end of the hallway, there's an MLK painting? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> God. <laughs> Makes sense. So they are they are truly 
the white trashiest of the trash because they have yeah. an MLK painting and a, and a Southern flag. Now I got to go back and watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> Truly a confusion of is it heritage or is it hate? I think yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the answer is yes, because we're also in the desert. <laughs> These people don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> Um, uh, another note, I don't think, I don't think it was important to the story, but it was something that was definitely focused on is when they, uh, Santa and the mother are wrestling, there's a pan around the room and then you come back to the mother's leg and it's very apparent that she's an amputee. I don't know if I anybody else catch that. I, I didn't know. catch that either. It's a it's a very quick shot, but her her pant leg rolls up, and it, you can see that she's very obviously an amputee. And I was like, hey, why? <laughs> I don't know why they focused on it, but the way the camera is framed, it seems very deliberate. And I was like, okay, misdirection. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. I, I guess it again because at this point Santa has killed two children, and now he's attacking a disabled woman, maybe. We're supposed to feel like really like uncomfortable with what Santa's up to. So to be fair, start- she didn't have to be an amputee for me to feel uncomfortable. I know, I but I'm just saying it, it adds to those layers. <laughs> it's I also give her way more credit in her fight scene then because she mm-hmm. really laid in the business being mm-hmm. an amputee. Yeah. yeah. You you I guess maybe you could assume that she was, you know, uh maybe military service. So Santa is attacking a woman who after killing her children who was in the service <laughs> you're really really supposed to feel bad at this moment <laughs> that's a that's a stand your ground desert he can do whatever he wants he was well within his rights <laughs> and i i think this is a good alternative for like what bad santa should have been like mm-hmm. billy bob thornton just snapped that curly-headed fuck's neck at the beginning <laughs> way better <laughs> Oh, also, also, she has the MLK painting up. So you, yeah. at this point, you assume that they believe Black Lives Matter. At this point, you assume that. But then you see their laundry and then you go, no, they don't believe that. Yeah, Santa said no lives matter. He came yeah. through that bitch and he took everybody out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was not prejudiced whatsoever. Everybody had to die. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was only showing love to that reindeer. Yeah, that's that was it. it. That's it. Were they making meth out of something that Rudolph had? That's why I didn't understand. That's, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah. well, maybe it was Christmas magic mm, from his yeah, dick. I'll just, I'll just yeah. go with gross. <laughs> I mean, it was white, and it was not the antlers. And the bedroom eyes he gave Rudolph yeah. at the end. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> See, yeah, that I, I assume they were making something out of Rudolph. But, they, I mean, that's what I assume. But also, it could have just been, like, a wild drug purchase. Because, I mean, you know. This went on a bender and just, just picked off Rudolph. Yeah. He went full Tyson. He didn't get a tiger. He went got Rudolph. Yeah, got a magic reindeer. <laughs> so. eBay has everything. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Overall, that's a it's a nice little way to kind of end the film as a whole. The anthology as a whole. You know, you get you get Christmas Cracker, and then you get this, and you basically go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, which you know a lot of people are appreciative of uh you you do get two uh extra short films within the credits 
uh we can leave those as easter eggs for the people if we want uh, i'm not you know i'm not yeah too... i wasn't super psyched about either of them so yeah yeah i'm not i'm not too keen on just you know really diving into them they're they're fine and it's something to watch in the credits but yeah um i'll say as a whole uh, as a whole anthology you know what really surprised me about all of this there isn't a single animated film yeah hmm yeah, no claymation, no animation, no like secondary medium. Because that's what I was waiting for. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's always like one, one or two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I didn't see one. Yeah, the ABCs of Death. Oh, you know, ABCs of Death has some good animations in there. And then you just always associate animation with Christmas when you think about, you know, the how the Grinch stole Christmas and then that one fucking one with the dinosaurs that went a wassailing. You know, oh. everybody remembers that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude yeah that, that was uh that was a surprise for me but uh, uh final thoughts on this uh fun watch it was a fun watch um there are hits and misses i think that's any anthology i think the high points were super high and the unfortunate nature of this one the low points were really really low <laughs> so <laughs> You got to kind of roll the dice. Uh, it's the fun movie to watch, especially with friends that like horror movies, because the bad ones are fun to make fun of. Mm-hmm. And the good ones are great as we're doing here to sit back and analyze why they're good. So I liked it. Yeah, I think uh, I think we probably lucked out reviewing the last eight because I think it was like probably the strongest eight out of all of them. I, I do agree with Matt that if you watch this with a friend, it would be enjoyable whether it was bad or good mm-hmm. but those first eight i think there was one enjoyable one for me and everybody can go listen to what what they thought of it uh at halloween is forever but yeah i was like struggling to stay awake and just not enjoying myself but i, <laughs> I did like all, 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 for the most part they were either like so bad they were funny or they were actually good so yeah. I, I didn't mind it as far as a christmas anthology i thought it was really ambitious and they did pretty well. Yeah. Pop Nation Adam, this is your time to shine. Uh, as I like non horror film buff I, or enjoyer. I, I like Adam's word, ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that hit the nail right on the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that were hits were hits. You know, as somebody who is not a horror aficionado, there were a few in there that I did legitimately enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, the Christmas crackers. That that one should be honestly pulled out from the rest of them, and it should kind of be its own thing. Yeah, yeah and one or two can kind of tag along. We can argue <laughs> about which one or two can tag along, but beyond that, the rest of them, yeah, I don't need to deal with them again. They're in my brain. They don't need to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't get replaced. Don't get don't get replaced with Family Guy episodes soon enough. You'll be okay. <laughs> I don't want that either. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it'll happen. <laughs> um, so you're saying basically if Christmas crackers was like on YouTube, you would have no problem just being able to show that to your family and go, much of this fun little family film and Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, than- that's that's the kind of thing that if you know if you're looking for a short horror Christmas film, which I know is a very, you know, tight niche. Mm-hmm. that's the one you start with <laughs> fair enough yeah i i mean yeah i kind of feel the same way you guys do uh there's a there is a lot of slogging through this anthology mm-hmm. um 
there there is some not great stuff i do agree that we got the best eight uh with the exception of that slavic film that one is fucking doo-doo um (laughs) (laughs) there is a titty in it though so that's yeah yeah yeah, there's a titty in it which is totally redeeming wild (laughs) (laughs) out of nowhere too which i can't remember but it might be like the only titty in the whole anthology so you know so we're we're giving it a gentleman c yeah so a lot of <laughs> but uh yeah it is uh it, it it is not good but thank god we also get christmas crackers and operation dolph and all the other good stuff um it is uh yeah not something i'm probably going to rewatch during the holidays but i'm i might see if i can pull out christmas crackers some way <laughs> watch that again i i thoroughly enjoyed that one and there's one in the first date that i enjoy um i forget the name of it it's because it's in spanish and my spanish isn't good enough but uh go re-listen to part one with brian he also enjoyed that one it's just like this absurdist surreal film and it's pretty good i enjoy it and uh yeah you will too with that though we've come to the end of our christmas journey but this is the beginning of 2022 so stay tuned for everything that we're going to get into However, I'm going to give this time now to the Decaying with the Boys to promote all of their wares, where you can find them, and what's going on with their show. Go ahead, Matt. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us on. Halloween is Forever is one of our favorite podcasts to listen to, and it was uh, really cool to get on here with you guys. So uh, thanks uh, to Eric, Steve. Uh, just great host, yeah man. just steve just steve adam didn't have anything to do with this one <laughs> <laughs> i was told to show up but i showed up <laughs> uh but if you want to check out what's going on with me and adam i would let's say we come from the jojatorium you can just find us at decaying uh, wtb on all social media it's facebook instagram and twitter uh we have new episodes dropping on sundays and we do some listener polls on tuesdays and you can always send us your fun emails, which we usually get that are outlandish uh, at the KNWTV at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to you guys listening to us. And hopefully we get to come back again on Halloween's Forever because this is a ton of fun. Awesome. And Hop Nation, Adam, why don't you actually promote Hop Nation USA? Sure, I can certainly do that. If you'd like to find new episodes of Hop Nation USA every Friday, as you should, uh, just search Hop Nation USA. That'll get you... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all those other social medias. We don't have the TikTok. Uh, we're too old for that. We passed on it. <laughs> uh, you'll see. You'll see too many gray hairs. We don't. We don't need to get in our, involved in that. Uh, but uh, your favorite podcatcher, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Anchor. Uh, we're on Pandora. Uh, we're on the other one. Just search us. You'll find us. And when you do, leave a five star review because. We are a six-star show, but I haven't figured out how to leave reviews on Spotify yet. <laughs> and that's a bigger crime than Steve not figuring everything out to get us to the top dog so we can take all that Joe Rogan money. It's a, it's a new feature. I don't understand it yet. I don't either. I just found I out can't. about that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, thanks to all my guests coming on. I had the most guests, which makes me the best. I am the best with the most guests. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the hostess with the most is baby. That's right. Always <laughs> winning with Beetlejuice. Yes. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. 
But uh, yes, again, if you want to follow Halloween is forever, we are on Instagram at Halloween is forever. Hello forever on Twitter. Halloween is forever pod on Facebook and TikTok. And if you want to send us an email, all you got to do is send us one at Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com. And if you want a sticker, leave us a five-star review, screenshot it and hit them DMs. They're always open. We're also taking you know, any kind of suggestions for upcoming showdowns, movies we should be watching, things you want to hear about. If you want to hear us talk about spooky serials, maybe we can do that in the future. Who knows? We're open to suggestions. But uh, with that, I want to thank everybody again. Happy New Year. And from the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Steve. I'm Matt. I'm Adam. And I'm also Adam. Bye-bye.